episode one of whatever we're going to call this. Um, so this podcast is two to three years in the making of yeah. two drunk dudes just every time we'd see each other saying, this is funny, we should definitely do a podcast That's about right. this. Now, there might be two drunk dudes, but there is one guy drinking a tea and the other guy is staying true to the name and drinking a White Claw at 2 p.m. on a Friday. So that's what it is. It's not just a tea, too. It's a throat coat tea. Also not 2 p.m., but that's another big part. But before we get into teas and uh, wait, claws... Wait, Throat coat tea. Throat coat tea is a word that you just said out loud. Throat coat tea is three words. And, I don't know, do you ever get a suggestion <laughs> from somebody once... And you just hold it to be truth for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's how my parents raised me. Yeah. So I had a friend who was a singer of a band. And I, I remember asking him one time, I was like, when you tour, like every night you're singing, I lose my voice if I, like at the end of this, I'll lose yeah. my voice. And I was like, how do you prevent like from losing your voice? And he, the only words he said was throw coat tea. So for now, like 10 years of my life, I'm like, that's, that's the answer. If yeah. I just drink throw coat tea, that sounds that's like funny to say. like a cool guy. That's yeah, throw coat tea over there. Throw coat tea, or the name of a gay porn star. <laughs> yes, could be the same guy. I've noticed. I like. I might need a throat coat tea because I, my dude, my voice has been cracking an unbelievable amount lately, and it's happening. Like, I'm talking to my girlfriend. I'm talking to my friends, and it'll just like sneak in on like the worst words. It's never like a cool word that it comes in on. It's always like. What hey, would be a cool word for your voice to crack? I would like just like I get a lot of pussy. Like, yeah. just something. Do you think you just maybe need to st start saying more cool things more frequently? A lot of people are saying I'm probably one of the coolest, probably one of the 300, 400. Yeah, judging by the fact was... you're wearing jeans, but I can still see both of your knees right now. <laughs> well, I get nervous that people won't know what my knees look like, so I like to cut the holes out and let them know the entire time. That's a perfect point to... I'll, I'll intro you as to who the listeners need to visualize. So, from my perspective, if you need to get a visual and be, of, and be, be fair about it, I'm going to be very yeah. like painfully well, fair about a, it. Hold on, let me give you a real look. So, to get, to paint the picture for anyone listening, we're sitting in a detached garage. That's right. Of my hundred year old home, we don't know how old the garage is. It could cave in at any point. Sure. Um, it couldn't be more of a garage of a thirty five year old white guy. Yeah. Uh, including which Mac can touch on it when he gets to introduce me. A shrine, basically, to myself. I can't wait. That I put up. Um, but, yeah. sitting across from me in a Dick Sporting Goods branded <laughs> lawn chair. Like, one you would bring to a sporting event or an outdoor concert, which all of us have been forced to go to now. Right. Uh, is a man in what I can only describe as almost leggings of jeans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with holes in both of the knees. That's right. Um, we'll start at the shoes, actually. I'll go down. Get down, yeah. Right from uh, the bottom up. Very, very cool blue and black. Jordans, are they low? They're Cut Jordans, Jordans, dunks, they're dunks. They're dunks, good man. Uh, but to a 35-year-old guy such as myself, who sure. only knows a little bit, who's a fake sneakerhead, we can touch on that too. We'll get in there. Uh, yeah, they're, they're Jordans. We'll call them Jordans. If you stepped on it, you'd be like, sorry, I stepped on yeah, Jordans. Really That's what it is, yeah. uh, To the high white socks, which is a thing that it's either you're really cool or you're a fucking loser. And that's up to you to determine. If you're wearing them. And it's I all about how you wear them. Again, to the jeans that are essentially leggings <laughs> with holes holes in the knees. I can see both of his knees. Yeah. So if you were going to go out in the sun and get sunburned wearing those pants, <laughs> you would have just burnt knees and the rest would be pale yeah. white. Yeah. And then a white t-shirt that he, before we started, humbly told me it's a $50 white t-shirt that just says Cactus Jack print on the front That's of it. That's Travis Scott. 
Oh. Which, yeah, I, see, I did know that. So Don't I'm, act naive I'm a fake, to me, dude. I'm a fake enough sneakerhead that I know who Don't Travis Scott is. I know his shoes. I know his his, dunk, his Jordans and everything. Yeah. But then also Cactus Jack, to me, is the wrestler from the 90s. Oh, I never Which is funny because also in this, I'm seeing across from a person that's 10 years younger than me. That's so right. Rob, probably when you were born, Mankind, do you remember that name? Mick Foley? Nope. Okay, so he was one of like the biggest names in wrestling. He had three personas, and one was Cactus Jack. Mm -hmm. But then it's hilarious that basically Travis Scott has taken that name yeah. and then done more with it Way bigger, financially yeah. than the guy who created it ever could. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like if you just rebranded Hitler, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like no, these are these are Air Max Hitlers, and it just took off. And then <laughs> twenty years from like now, somebody you're explaining to it in a garage to someone ten years younger than you who the original. That's well, if you give it a cooler name, it can be a, a brand new thing. Like if you take Hitler and it's Adolf, you made it like Adolf don't play that or something. That's not good at all. <laughs> but you understand my line of thinking. Yeah. Adolf might not play that. So you just took a homie don't play that. And <laughs> put Adolf. In there. I don't know what Adolf was like. I never got a chance to. I didn't follow his work. I was taught it in... Well, I've read his work. <laughs> <laughs> like, I actually have most of it tattooed on my ribs. I mean, but... your cough. It's my cough. It's not at all. Uh, yeah, so that is uh, that is my co-host of whatever we're going to call this podcast. Yeah, Matt, we got to Matt Peoples. Uh, South Jersey, Philadelphia Warriors for a comedian. Um, Probably one of the best of that jurisdiction. Yeah. The South, there's, you know, so many, there's so many South Jersey Warriors for comedians... And I just place myself firmly at the top of all of that enormous amount of people. And I guess it's only fair that I go ahead and I, I describe my co-host about what we have going on here. We just have an upsetting display of calves that are milky in a way as if when you look at the milk in your fridge and you go, it's expired, but it smells fine, but you don't trust it. That's his calves. He is wearing slides with socks, but you knew that before I said it. Um, he's wearing shorts that are probably older than I am, and he's wearing those shirts that are like handsome older guy shirts where it's like, where do my sleeves stop? You'll never know, like one of those deals. But, uh, he puts it together. He's got a kid. He's a wiped up guy. So I think it's a fair, I think it's a fair way to present yourself. And you're a, what are you, a Harrisburg, Jersey, I mean... You know, impregnating people across the nation. So that's who he is. That's what it is. And uh, he has so many rakes. So many rakes, a couple shovels. The, the guy has maybe like 30 square feet of grass. So you don't need that much, and that's another obvious one. But at any rate, we have, you know, you can't, um, unless you're watching on the YouTube that we don't have, um, there is a shrine to John, and it is... It is a shrine that not only screams, but screams into a megaphone, white privilege. <laughs> it is a tennis racket, a penny skateboard. Not a real skateboard, not like a cool local guy skateboard. It's a penny board skateboard, a bat from a failed professional baseball career attempt, <laughs> and a Montag Lane shirt. Or no, I'm sorry, shirt. I've had several way close. A Montag Lane street sign that could only have been stolen in Sea Isle, New Jersey at like 2.30 in the morning. And that's what it is. And that's my description. So I think it's, that feels... Yeah. So, yeah. And if this ever does take off, I'll post a picture of my shrine to myself. Um, I mean, that might be the, the backdrop. The street sign is not stolen, ironically enough. It's actually from your hometown. Okay. Uh, the road that leads Lordsburg? into Little League at... Uh, 
the uh, town you're from, I don't know if we can say, you know, for legal reasons, yeah, is named Montag Lane after my grandfather. So it's like the only yeah. cool thing that's ever happened in my family was, yeah. a, and I feel like that's like as South Jersey trash, like, king as you can be. Like, there's a street yeah. named after yeah. someone yeah, 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 in yeah. my family. That's about, like, every white person I know that I don't respect has a sign or a lane and the fact that it's a lane i think the fact that it's a lane is more annoying than if you would have gotten like montag street montag avenue the yeah lane, lane is like it's a pussy it's like the the weakest of the streets well that because you're people who go to like destination places they will generally be like oh we're going to this and that lane or going to their lane like you're insinuating like you're not a street you're like a row of shops yeah like like artisan crafts and like coffee shops, like that's what that. Or like lovers like. lane. Lovers lane. Where people just go to make out and get murdered. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of true crime shit where people just get murdered at like lookout point. Making, I mean, if you make out with somebody, and then you get murdered, and all you did was make out, that's a bummer of a night. Yeah, like that. Got, I don't think I would have ever like in the the early years of like when I first got my license and there was like a place where you were like we're gonna go make oh, out yeah. down there sure if I were to get murdered at Riverwinds in West Effort on the front of the water yeah with my pants halfway down like <laughs> yeah. I feel like that would end up in my obituary getting getting murdered is one thing but getting murdered naked is so what's the word like de not demoralizing but like a it's a real lack of integrity. What's the word I'm looking for? It's, a, it's like not embarrassing, but it's like because defending yourself with like your soft dick like flopping yeah. around is so. It's embarrassing because it's also like if you get murdered, does your face stick like at that last face you make? Yeah. Because I always I tried to write a bit about this recently, just about uh, final words about mm -hmm. how it's like it's, you always hear like in history where they're like his final words were like love and peace are what drove this nation yeah. together. But you know his final words were really like, don't touch my shit, yeah. like, now that I'm gone. So, like, if your final words and you're getting murdered, it's got to be, like, ouch, or who the fuck are yeah. you? Yeah. It's not going to be something cool. It's not going to be anything... You wish it would be more heroic, but the, the reality of the situation is that, like, my final words would be like, I'll suck your dick, please. <laughs> yeah. like, I'll, I'll say some real heinous shit to get out of it. I think and, the bad thing would be, if like, they found me, they're going to find me with multiple stab wounds in my back. Because I'm running away yeah. from, like, it should be a situation where I'm, like, a hero and I yeah. stand up and, like, stop the person from killing the people I'm with. wife and children. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> no, I just turned and ran and yeah. he chased me down, yeah. killed me, and then came back to, like, the people that I ran from. But you stalled. Yeah. So that's heroic in itself. You yeah, stalled. accidental heroism. He's like, I gave you guys time, <laughs> you know, and they were like, you kept saying you were going to blow him. And it's like, well, I was offering. I didn't say I was going to do it. Before he showed the knife, you were <laughs> saying it. So. <laughs> Uh, women be shopping, but I, uh, speaking of a bit, I thought about, I wanted to do, you ever hear people say the bit, not a bit, they say like, uh, oh, my life's a movie? Yeah. You hear that? It's like usually like southern New Jersey Italian guys yeah. that like go to Atlantic City too often. It's an Instagram quote. Right, right, yeah. yeah. I was thinking, this is not, I'm not doing this for the pod. I we can think, run bits. We don't know what this. We have I no just say structure. Yeah, we just say we what we want. Say, just two dudes in a garage talking so just, that we don't make out with yeah. each other. Tony Parlante's on his way. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be here. Uh, all right, this is one. I'm actually wondering about this problem. So people say my life's a movie, and it's usually like, like I said, like a guy for like who goes to Atlantic City too often, 
I think it'd be like, your life's not a movie, your life's like a commercial. Like, you're just selling bullshit that nobody buys the entire time. Yeah. Nobody, like, and it's like, your life's even worse because your life's like a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. Because, like, people watch it and they're like, I didn't buy that at all. And be like, and that must have spent, that cost <laughs> a lot of money. Like, that was. I would love to see that, like, your life's like a movie, but it's like, my life's like a mini series. Because it's like, <laughs> there's so much downtime in your life. Like, I think about that all the time. Like, if you were going to take the highlights of someone, like, if you took the highlights of my life, it would be like, he went to school for a yeah. while. He got a job. And yeah. then it's just like intermittently me napping and <laughs> falling asleep on the couch at like two in the morning. Like, there's so much not, I always think like Forrest Gump, like, it, there had to have been like so many down moments in that. If you're really following someone's real yeah, life, yeah. it would just be hilarious. It's like. It's why reality TV shows have, like, producers, because it's life isn't that interesting. No. And that's like, why it's always, like, back noise and music and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's mostly me driving around giggling at things I see, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which would be amazing. Just 30 minutes of dead silence and me just giggling at Like, I told you the one one thing we were going to try to do was um, unfinished notes in our phone, which we can get to eventually for yeah, now. So, but yeah. was uh, I drove by a guy today, a blind guy waiting for the bus, and he was in full camouflage. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I like my brain, I just started giggling to myself and I was like, I have to write in my phone, whether that becomes like a joke eventually, probably not. I'll probably yeah. sit in my phone. It's just something in there, yeah. Now it's a segment on a podcast. But yeah. I want to know like one, was the situation someone dressed him and they just had a sense of humor about it? They were like, <laughs> yeah. like he has no fucking clue. Yeah. Or did he go to that person like, I can't see anything and I don't want anyone to be able to see me. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like fully blending in. Like, was he, yeah, was he blind his whole life or did someone first have to explain to him the concept of camouflage and they explained it so well that yeah. he was like, I want to wear nothing but camouflage for the <laughs> rest of my he life. say that. A blind guy in camouflage, he sees nothing and nobody sees him. He yeah. Does the guy exist? He doesn't. I think you could like write that off on your taxes. And I also thought that like if I was that bus driver, just for my own laugh, I'd have to drive right past him. Because <laughs> yeah. then he's just got to go. It sounds like a bus. Yeah. <laughs> it smells like a bus, but I'm not sure if it was. He'll just start wearing like a bright yellow hat, and he's like, "I'll give you that." Yeah. So I can wear, <laughs> keep the camo. What was camo like ever? So I graduated high school in 2004. Yeah. And I think that was like when. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Camo, especially in South Jersey, made like its peak then, right around then. Like camo cargo shorts were a huge thing. Yeah. To where like you would go to like a local concert. It was like also, I played in like a shitty hardcore band. So like the music scene was like dudes in camo shorts, either a band t shirt or like a Phillies t shirt, like a Chase Ellie t shirt, and then a camo. Phillies or Eagles. Oh, hat. I missed that. I was not. So like it hit, and it was like at the peak of cargo shorts too. Like, yeah. I think I stopped wearing cargo shorts right around. Cam- I remember I got a pair and I thought it was so cool, and then I was like, oh, these are great. If I'm tailgating and I get mustard on them, no yeah. one will know. Yeah. And it's like, no, we can see the that huge yellow stain. And it's also just a bummer you're wearing it to begin with. We should say, John is 35. Yeah. And I'm 25. Yeah. So that most of this podcast will be me just going. Was this a thing when yeah, you were a kid? Yeah, fucking grandpaing me and being like, yeah, back in my day, we used to wear camo and <laughs> use the N-word. So, but know. it's so funny, like, a whole group of people wearing camo trying to act like you didn't plan to all wear camo. Yeah. Nobody was the guy who texted in the group text and was like, I'm getting camo tonight. You guys go flat or, like, something like that. Like, they yeah. kind of just... I think it happened very organically because I never had a lot of camo people as I was growing up. It was a lot of cargo shorts, but it was all like tanned cargo shorts. It really yeah. was like from I went to a Catholic high school, 
It was tan cargo shorts when he had a casual day, which was a real... Some girls would throw out yoga pants, and that would mess up my entire day. But most of the guys would wear tan cargo shorts, a black Under Armour t-shirt, and we were like, now we fuck. Like, that's the <laughs> outfit of a guy who's getting loose, who's drinking at the age of 15 and a half, and I was not that guy. I would wear, like, skateboard shoes, and I had, like, a buzz cut, and I had, like, early onset herpes. Like, I was, like, a real mess at 15. And I look back at pictures, and, like, I impressed I've seen pictures of you. I scrolled far yeah. enough back on your Instagram. You look like High School Musical. Like, you have the fucking swooped-over haircut. Yeah. Because you came up, like, That right was a here. little bit before high school. That was, like, was it? Okay. grade. Because that was, like, years. Justin Bieber was probably... Was probably huge. He was. He was. Group, he was right? coming off of like uh, when he had been enormous, and now he was just like transitioning into like big star. But when you transition into like big star, it's everything's like oh that guy's gay, that guy's a pussy. But whatever. you guys all still had. But his then hair we hair. all had his hair. Yeah. It, it, like and girls didn't like it. Like. But you assumed they did. Well, I now that I think about it, like there's so many things that I feel like I did then, and like I have. Beautiful girlfriend now, but doing now. Check back on episode two and three. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. That'll be like she left me. Yeah, she's you know <laughs> been a pain. But uh, like, there's so many things that I think that dudes do that they think girls like that really only other dudes care about. Oh yeah, like, I think about that all the time. Like with going like, to the gym. Yeah, gym. Even if you take it down to like cologne, like when yeah. if you think about it, if you were picking a smell. Like, I, it's weird. You would almost want to flip, like, the the scent. So, like, if, if the smell of man's cologne is what a woman really likes, yeah. wouldn't she want to smell like that if it's a smell she likes? Oh, that's good. So then if you flip it, then, like, you, I, I've thought about this, and I, it was one of the things on my phone, too. When I moved back to South Jersey, so mm. I lived outside of South Jersey for three years, and as soon as I moved back, like, the day I moved back, I smelled a girl, like, pe- that sounded weird. <laughs> 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 just you know, I'm doing my usual walking around listen, smelling. The line women. at Walmart was long, and she was. And close. I'm just and I'm sniffing. I'm in full camo, and I'm telling masks, them I'm blind. Free masks, you know. <laughs> you pull the mask out. Yeah, but no. When I moved back, it was like I, in passing, like caught a whiff of a woman, and it was strong enough that I was like, it hit me that that sensory thing that like snaps you back. Yeah, and it was whatever perfume every girl in South Jersey wore when I was in eighth grade. Oh, uh, Victoria's Secret. And yeah. it might, it might not, it might have yeah. been like Curve. I don't know, yeah. but there, it, if I smell it to this day, I instantly get flashbacks of like sitting in my basement on the phone too long talking to a girl. That's what it is. And but that I feel like that's it was just South Jersey trash girls. Sorry to all the South Jersey trash girls listening to this. Well, you guys it. all smelled the same. You yeah. all had necklaces that had your name written in cursive. That's right. And you smelled the same. And you all had sweatpants that said pink on the butt. And you yeah. all had. You know, just way too much articles of clothing from Hollister and Abercrombie and Fitch. And that's okay, because we, as men, we were doing whatever the inverse of that was. We were just... Well, and that's what, going back to what you are saying, like, everything you did was what you assumed girls liked. Yeah. And I was the same way, but it was weird, because, like, I floated in between, like, three groups of friends, almost. Like, I had my friends that were, like, sport, like, jock friends. Yeah. Then I had friends that were, like, my friends that end up being, like, stoner friends. Yeah. And then I had friends that, like, from playing music, like, and in bands that were, like, the punk rock kids. Quote, unquote, punk rock kids. So I had, like, a weird, like, combination of all those things. So I'd be like, 
Hollister polo, but I'm also wearing an army hat for yeah. some fucking reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have like what do they call them the the drug rag like hoodie from <laughs> yeah. Wildwood Boardwalk because I want to be cool with my stoner friends. Too. I mean, I we're just finding out that John and I are essentially the same human being, just ten years apart. Yeah. Where I. I fucking, I would, like, do the same shit. Like, I was, like, the best player on my basketball team. But I was also, like, hey, basketball, like, I want to just skateboard. So it would be, like, I'd have, like, a jersey on, skinny jeans, and etnies. And it would be, like, (laughs) that would be who I was. And I was tall and pale and skinny fat with red hair. And then I was, like, if a girl's not going to fuck me, she's out of her stone. Because I am rocking it right now. Like... I had so many genres. Like, one of the girls from one of these three groups is going to be into me. I mean, I... I saw a TikTok that, I know, if you don't know if you know TikTok. Heard of it. In your early 50s. My but, niece and nephew tell me about it all the time. They're, I mean, having, they're a seven. Niece and, having a niece and nephew is just an unbelievable The thing. fact, though, that, like, you're trying to so say you're only 10 years younger than me. And, like, you're... Only 10 years. You're in that, like, TikTok age range. I'm just But also, out. my yeah. six- and seven-year-old niece and nephew are also in the TikTok yeah. age range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird because it's not for me, but I'm in there. Like, I'm all yeah. in. And you know, very honestly, like, had the pandemic not have happened and we weren't locked down and I had to, like, download apps to keep myself occupied, I might not have been as into it. Yeah. But now I have, like, a, like per day, I have, like, two hours dedicated just, like, fucking scroll. It's it's awful. And you're just scrolling through. TikTok. Just scrolling. And it's like, not because you got it and you're like, I'm going to put content on here. I tried to, and then I got bored. I was like, let me see other people's shit. And I'm like, what a comic that I'm not even fucking making videos. Yeah. And I've made videos, and it's a dumpster fire. It's a weird lane, though, because, like, it, I, I think every comic tried to come up with something yeah. at the beginning of the pandemic. Like, I made two videos, and it took, like, one took me all day in yeah. this garage we're in now for a 20-second Instagram video yeah. about, like, things you could do during the pandemic. Uh-huh. I was wearing a Spaceman helmet because I thought that was hilarious. I remember that. That was fun. I enjoyed and it. I love that, but I put so much work into that and then got like 30 likes on it that I was yeah. like, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. Cut to a week later, I made another one that like did worse. Yeah. But yeah, there's so many people I feel like, because you heard enough big name comics say, oh, TikTok's great. Like I'm getting like, yeah. because I guess there is two ends of it. Like there's, have you seen the guy, Scott Sees, he does the customer service ones. That blew oh, up. killer, yeah. So yeah. Scott is a, I think, Baltimore comic originally, but I knew him from when I was out in Central PA, yeah. Harrisburg. Amazing comic, like, to the point where he's still one where my wife will quote his jokes because he has just, oh, like, wow. great punchlines like that. And shout out to Scott Seas. He's not going to listen to this because sure. he's way above it. Nobody will. But he started doing those customer service Ikea ones where it's, I, I guess it's, like, everyone that gets a trend of how they're doing them yeah. that, like, it's like the like they'll say something and like the, the, and then like, the shark music, tank hits. music comes in. It's like doom 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 doom. Like it's like yeah. a very like yeah. So there's that, but then there's also just like the opposite end of it where it's like somebody trying to just do short skits. Yeah. Yeah. You have to like juggle that like I did one that got got hundred and thirty two likes. And you know, I mean I blow you know, I blow up. I stopped talking to my parents. <laughs> I, 96 of those likes were just yeah, burner accounts you made. Started buying Travis Scott t-shirts. So like that just <laughs> changed. On the this top. is an investment. It's yeah. going to pay off. I'm not going to sit here with these peasants after I got 132 <laughs> likes. But I literally, like, I thought, like, the way to do it is, like, to make a short, sweet one. So I made, like, short, sweet ones that were not funny. I and agree. I, made, I saw them. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, so did my <laughs> fucking therapist. But, uh, 
So I made one that was like a little bit longer, and it got a decent amount of likes. And it's so weird because you, you know, after you post it, you Google like when's a good time to post because you're such a piece of shit comic. Yeah. Like I need as much attention as I can get. When's a good time to post? Uh, should I put what hashtags do I put? Uh, is it too long? Is it too short? So like I put the longest one that I had put up went on there, and then it did more. I mean, not to say that 132 was anything, but like more than the other ones that I had gotten. And I read all this shit about like. You know, they put it out there, like, to a certain segment of audience and, like, uh, a group of people that'll see it and will either like it or not like it. And I was like, you know. But I think TikTok is probably one of the better avenues to move along and stand up. Probably. The other one that's been, yeah, yeah that's how I'm going to get to the top, is probably TikTok. Yeah. Not getting funnier and doing shit. Dude, I mean, you don't have to be funny at all on TikTok. I but that's TikTok what sucks like is, like... shitting themselves, and it was, like, 300,000 <laughs> likes, and I was like, I'll shit myself anyway. It made me giggle just thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but then I started to see, too, like, uh, it's, like, very famous comedians, their audio and people lip-syncing it. So it's, like, yeah. a 12-year-old girl doing her makeup and doing, like, a Dan Soda routine. Yeah. So, like, it's that weird crossover where I guess it's good because it introduced their comedy to a group of people that would never have yeah, you know listened to somebody like Dan Soder or right. Kyle Kinane like one of my favorite comics there's not many tweens that are going to be into she's the word tween that shows my age yeah, 45, that are going to be into like Kyle Kinane's humor mm. but I guess doing lip sync stuff is like the thing now I don't know this is just Matt explains TikTok to me it's all <laughs> I think it's like TikTok glorifies like mundane bullshit so, which I think is a good thing. Like, like most TikToks that do well, there's like somebody like eating while they're doing the TikTok. Like somebody's yeah. like scooping out some fucking lo mein and taking a bite and then being like, "What's up with Israel and Palestine?" Like, they, it's it's like these weird, normal things where it forces you to pretend that you're like talking to somebody you know. And most of the TikToks that like do numbers that aren't like you know comedy ones or like some girl shaking her ass or shit like that. So, like, I, I think it is kind of like a, like I said, it's a glorifying normal shit, and, which I think is okay. But, I mean, the Chinese government, you know, they're in charge, you know, praise to uh, President Z. President China. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's XI. I think his name is Shout out to China, the female wrestler. Um, yeah. China. Our the... first sponsor, the Chinese government. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you like America, <laughs> but, like, way more crowded? <laughs> Come to China with promo code FUCKBOYJEANS. There's the name of our podcast, Dude, FUCKBOYJEANS. FUCKBOYJEANS, yeah. That's, I mean, it's good because you could write it G-E-N-E-S or J-E-A-N-S. Oh, that's Fuck pretty good. FUCKBOYJEANS. Put it on the list. This okay. show is just going to be called Naming a Podcast. Naming a Podcast. We're spend like that definitely episodes. exists already. Yeah, but it's probably not good. Have you ever tried to start a podcast before? No. This is my first time starting one, talking... And uh, it's my first time talking. It's my first time speaking. It seems okay. I wish I was speaking Chinese, man. Oh, I should hit record. Shit. No, that's okay. <laughs> you haven't missed anything. I think, uh, I don't know. I think most comedians that I know in the Philly scene and the New Jersey scene have a podcast. So it feels fair to yeah. start one up. Yeah. But and, well, and I think it's what the people need is more open mic comics. White guys. Talking about open mic comedy, yeah. so yeah. Well, it's a, it's a unique <laughs> it's a unique perspective because yeah, there's only what I mean. Philly's funniest tells us that there's only two hundred of us yeah, in always, the greater Philadelphia area. They're not always right, as we 
we won't get into that. We could spend. That's the other thing too is like, it's so funny because all the podcasts I listen to now, I feel like I'm. I most of the ones I listen to are all in the same realm, if not from like the same podcast network. The ones that are comedy based. So, so many of them talk about the same topics. Yeah. And it sucks because then it's like by the time you and I would sit down to record one. I've already heard the like the news of the it. week seven times, yeah. so that's all like in my brain. What's well, what's fucked up about doing a podcast is like you there's only a set amount of topics, and you just have to believe like I got the take that nobody's had on it yet. Yeah, I have the thought that nobody's talked about it. Like it's such a pompous. thing. That's why I like to see like that's also stand up comedy more so. like on the comedy podcast stuff like more focused one some of them are my favorites like one of my favorites is uh, are you garbage because it's like yeah. their theme is just like we're gonna bring somebody on we're gonna ask them questions all while talking yeah and find out if they're garbage right. like there's probably another show like that that does it but they did it so well if I you guys listen to it are you garbage with uh h foley and uh kevin ryan, kevin ryan kippy kevin ryan um, great podcast, great card game too. Yeah, I, I oh, thought yeah, so. I, I have that, the yeah. card game, and at first I was like, "Oh, Matt and I have nothing to talk about. Maybe I'll bring this out." And then I was like, "No, then that would just be a podcast of us doing a Promoting podcast." A podcast, yeah. Yeah. So this show is brought to you by the card game. <laughs> yeah, this is, are you garbage? This is a thousand dollar ad read, but I think like for the are you garbage thing, like that is when you come up with like a podcast kind of like uh, theme. It can't just be, like, a way out of their theme. It's got to be a theme that, like, the Are You Garbage podcast feels like it's just, like, well, we would, we would ask you this anyway. Like, right. it's just it's just our title. Like, yeah. And talk they, about why you're fucked up or what's shitty about your upbringing or why it's you're It's to the point where, like, they almost, like, because they have a set thing of questions or, like, people will write in. Yeah. But they almost, like, forget to do those now because they're so in the routine of, like, when people come on, they want to really talk about their story. Like, they want to share their story, which is right. pretty cool because... I even think, like, going to open mics, there's so many times where, like, you hear someone do the same jokes every week you see them. Yeah. And you almost want to be like, I'd rather just hear that guy's life story. Yes. Even if, So maybe that's our thing. Maybe we just bring someone on and just be like, hey, you're, you've been in comedy two years. Yeah. We all know your routine on why broccoli is funny, but... Don't be funny. Just Don't be funny. Just people tell love, us. People love hearing that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I do always get that where I'm like... I personally love that. Like, yeah. But then it's hard finding the funny in you just talking about your life. So that's I mean, what I think of podcasts. We're open micers for a reason. None of us are funny. Yeah. So to bring, give somebody a platform and be like, I know you're not funny. Yeah. But what happened when you were 14? And then, then be like, hey, you got an hour to spare? Like, it's just... <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I think that's what most of being around open micers, which we are... Yeah, and we not, always say that because we are at the fullest extent open micers. We are about as open mic as you can mic. But... Yeah, like that. That wasn't funny. No, and that's what they do on stage. And so. we're both looking at the recording device right now as we talk to it. So. Come, come see me live doing four and a half minutes at an open mic in a brewery that I had to email to get onto. So yeah, that, that brings to our point. Uh, let's do plugs. Hey, whenever we release this, where are you going to be, Matt? <laughs> well, hopefully somebody will send me a DM on Instagram booking media, and we'll go from there. That's that, that's the thing. I, I you know. Very honestly, I'm sorry to open another claw on the potty boy. Open it close there so we can get the good yeah, foliage. Yeah, check this out. Oh, there. there we go. Oh, oh it even spiked. It went into yeah, the red. Yeah, stop Asian hate. And all the things I know about recording, if it goes into the red, that means it's really good. So yeah. you want to keep it at that... <laughs> and I've been red, baby. Um, sorry. <laughs> Magic. But uh, that's what's weird is like navigating 
being booked more as an open mic comic and still being an open micer uh, is a weird it's a weird territory to like linger in because I'm, yeah. I'm obviously 100% still an open micer but like starting to get booked more and more and then seeing other open micers who are like are not getting booked on stuff and they don't just because they don't know people or whatever the deal is it's a very weird thing to like yeah you know well like it's it's ancestral in a weird way where like it's open micers asking other open micers for advice on how to get better at yeah. the thing that we're both doing yeah but then it's like you also wouldn't want to pull aside like a more seasoned comic and be like how do i get better at being an open micer like yeah. how do i get better at getting booked so it is a weird like middle ground right yeah and, and it is and like I think I think it's a good thing. Like when I first started, I would ask like like you had been doing comedy like a year, two years longer than I had yeah, when yeah. I first started. So I I mean I looked you know you gave me a lot of advice. Season vet. I, I had I, just, and I, I had know. six and a half minutes of material. I now have three. I mean I just so. you know and I just <laughs> took it and just skyrocketed past you. But <laughs> but yeah, like I've been doing your material when you're. I've right. just been doing it all years. I've I had a kid for an extra three minutes of material. But, uh, I I like. So I did, I hosted for Todd Barry at Soul Joel's Hold Comedy on. Club in he Roysford, New Jersey. He dropped something here. It's in Roysford, Pennsylvania. I said New Jersey, but uh, I hosted for Todd Barry there. And the girl who was featuring, not that it matters, she's a girl, uh, was like a headliner herself. Like she was just kind of like, oh, he like brought she me. She wasn't good enough for Matt to remember her name, though. Her name is Liz Mealy. Oh, okay. Liz, shout out. Thank you. I DM'd <laughs> you and you didn't seem like you remembered me, but that's okay. No problem. Um, I... Uh, basically spent like 10 minutes talking to her and I was like like how do you how, how'd you do in the pandemic how'd everything go how did you adjust like what happened when you first like I didn't ask like I, you know when I first started you With might comedy know, not just like in general like yeah I was like when you eat period <laughs> yeah. what was that like and, what's uh, your favorite breakfast yeah um, do you eat cereal <laughs> what kind of oat milk but so like I, it's kind of funny like talking to like I mean I would ask like Cody Wright shout yeah. out Cody Wright I'd you know I would talk to Cody and I'd be like how'd you start getting on like local shows? How'd you start getting like up earlier at mics? And then you talk to like a feature after you've been doing stand up for like two, two and a half years, three years. And you're like, you know, when do I go to New York? How often should I be doing mics in New York? Is yeah. like, do I go to this show? Like agents and stuff. Like it's very like funny to see like the progression of like, you're still bothering people, yeah, but you're asking different, more evolved questions, I guess. Yeah. And I think it's, I always avoid it too much. Like when I do get, that time in front of somebody who's in a more accomplished comedian or something like that, I always like shy away. I'm like, they don't want to talk about this. Yeah. Like, it's just like how when I'm done work for the day, I don't want to talk about work. Right. So I think somebody that's been around and their answer is usually always the same thing where it's like, get as funny as you possibly can wherever you are and then leave. Yeah. Like that's what I've heard a couple places. Yeah. I've heard the same thing. Yeah. Now you might be planted down. Like I own a house here. So like I'm, here like right. i'm not going anywhere else yeah but i think also sometimes that curbs and how aggressive I'm, i am about getting on to stuff yeah. or traveling or anything but yeah so i think i going back to it i always like shy away from if i do get time in front of somebody like that i'm like i just want them to think i'm cool and like a fun hang and then maybe they'll hear that i'm funny right because i think that's how i look at it like i'd rather just if not that it's like oh but it's like i've been in comedy for four maybe even almost five years yeah and it's like i think i'd rather just hang out with so someone who's brand new i'd rather just hang out with someone who's cool and fun to hang out with not you um yeah <laughs> yeah than like somebody that's like 
know. I'm wording that really weird, but no, I I think you're exactly right. Like, be a good hang is how I just kind of sum it up. I think I think you're very good at a hang. I am I'm a, way better at hanging out than I am at comedy. Uh, well, I mean, they're mostly <laughs> the same thing. I don't. I'm not a great hang because I don't. I'm so. That's what's weird about stand up is. 50% of the job, not the job, 50% of doing stand-up. Of the hobby. Of is. the hob, <laughs> of the old hob, is doing stand-up, getting on stage, writing jokes, da-da-da. And then the other 50% is, like, making friends with comedians. At least that's my no, perspective. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've had the same friends for, like, 15 years. So I'm not, like, going out and making new friends. Right. So, like, even you and I being friends is, like, a monumental. This is probably the only time you and I have hung out outside of going a mic or a show, yeah. though. yeah. I was thinking about that like recently that yeah. I've known you and talked to you more than like most of my friends but like in the past two three years two years I guess but we've only hung out like two three times outside of being at a mic or yeah. a show yeah so but yeah. we're at the level of friendship where we like oh we'll, we'll meet here get a beer and then we don't do it but that's something yeah you we know? discuss it we just make it up and then we cancel. plan a podcast and then we eventually record it and then it just sits on this iPad for that's right and then probably over, four years yeah and that's probably for the better but um, that's like my thing is I don't like you know going on stage and like I said doing stand up and doing time and all that stuff and like meeting the booker meeting the guy running the show that's one thing and then like the other 50% which they always say like stay after the mic talk to the comics meet somebody yeah. it feels like a job and it's not but it kind of is yeah I mean there's certain like certain job aspects you can apply to it like if you network just the same way you would in a job setting like i'm in sales for my job if yeah. i put in the same amount of network into comedy and continue to try to get funnier it would make it would make a career out of it yeah but it's like then it also gets to where i'm like like now having a kid being married having a house it's like it's tough for me to go out like one night a week let alone hit multiple mics yeah, of course and then shows like so it's i need to find out like i've over the pandemic just found like a niche of like getting in and doing like virtual podcasts with random people so like pat george who i introduced you to yeah he does a monday wednesday friday he just turns up well it's not on instagram live anymore but it's on youtube live now he just turns the camera on and just talks and he originally started doing it to just he just wanted to get better at speaking for an hour oh, wow. and he's like so i figure if i sit down and force myself to do it maybe two people listen maybe nobody did but I got a little bit better at talking for an hour. Then it turned into like, he would just start interacting with like the comments on Instagram Live. Oh, wow. And then he would start to like, you could call him whenever you want. He would just allow people to turn on Instagram Live and you could just talk about whatever. Yeah. So I started trying to lean into more of that. Yeah. And it, you know, take advantage of like, all right, maybe I can't go out to the mic as much. I can't go out to a show as much, but I can still be in the realm. And that's yeah. also why I started, you can also use my only plug, you can check out Hacks on Baby Mermaid's production on YouTube or nice. Hacks Comedy Golf on Instagram. I mostly started that, that started right as like the lockdown. They were like, hey, there's no shows, no mics, nothing. Yeah. We're all going to do Zoom comedy. And I was like, I did one Zoom show. And it, it was for a sober bar and it was awesome that they like put it on. It was a really cool premise. They got a great crowd. But I was just like, this isn't, the comedy I like doing. Yeah. So that's when I was like, how can I mix two things I love of like, I love comedy, I love golfing. Mm -hmm. I was like, fuck it, we'll try it. And then it just turned into a way, it goes back to just a way to hang out with comedians. Yeah. 
we just happened to film it. I would do the same thing. I mean, there's been a couple of comics I've golfed with outside of filming it. Yeah. That was just because it's fun. Right. But then it was also like at the time, everyone's trying to find some reason or some way to put out content. Yeah. And I was like, well, I can do two, two birds with one stone. Like, I want to leave the house and I you have to pick. Either it's for comedy or it's for golf. Yeah. So, fuck it, I'll do both. But, yeah, I don't know. It, it got interesting. But now that, I mean, stuff's opening up again, you and I run, or are part of the 30-man team that runs High Note uh, Humor That's at right. Tap Room, which, when by the time this comes out, who knows, maybe it's we dropped this episode in August and we've already been back for three months. We might be there tonight. Who, who's to say? But the world's opening up, mics are opening up, and from what everyone's saying, it seems like, like I'm doing first like show show next saturday yeah and for what everyone's saying it seems like people really are happy to just be out oh, and are man. taking comedy in way better than before the pandemic where like you i mean you've seen it before so you and i have been on a show where it's just a bar no one's turned around to look at yeah. you so you literally just have to do crowd work to them yeah where now it seems like people want to be entertained they want to just be out and yeah yeah, that's a definite. That's for sure. I mean, the, the shows that I've done, it feels like people are like, oh, finally, I'm not like fucking sitting next to this moron yeah. anymore on my couch. Like now, now I'm with this moron. Now I'm with show. this moron, and he's yelling at me from a stage. Like it's it's like, <laughs> the, the I think that's a real thing. Like I think during the pandemic, so many people like were forced to be alone with themselves, and they're like, I don't <laughs> fucking like this guy at yeah. all. And then like now they're out, and it's like. I think comedy's going to boom. Like, I think it's going to go crazy. Yeah, well, and I also think, like, it's... Well, everyone's been, like, told what to do for the last year. Yeah. They've been silenced on a lot of shit. A lot of people that, like... I mean, I know myself, like, I'm not someone that I want to voice my personal opinions online, but I'd love to go up on a stage and make fun of how dumb my thoughts on something are. Yeah. And the fact that now, like, I think it's going to start to... We're going from, like, it was, like, a super PC setting where, like everybody's getting canceled for things they're saying yeah i think this is going to be the opposite where it's like everyone's been shut in you're going to kind of be able to test the waters and say not like vulgar or like offensive stuff but like hopefully push the limit of like i don't know i sat with this thought for a year yeah now i'm gonna go on a stage and say it and no one's gonna be like get that guy fired from his job exactly for just trying something yeah I, and i think like from my from doing mics and doing shows, like the thing that I've been happy to welcome back is I've only been doing stand for what, like two and a half years. Uh, like when I first started, I have this. There's a similarity now where you can introduce a word that's like vulgar if you're explaining it in a story where somebody else said it and you're addressing that it was like the wrong thing to say. So if like you're like somebody said retarded or yeah. something, like you're addressing like somebody said it. And it was in a weird setting, and then it yeah. like was funny. As opposed to being like for the, a while, like while I was doing stand up, like you couldn't say that, you couldn't say like an f word or those that kind this of stuff. This is where we ended out, where you just start screaming. I just words. start screaming at f. Uh, <laughs> but no, but that's so. I also say on the flip side of that, this can be just a message to if there is anyone new to comedy listening, don't go up and just say a word because you're like this will get a laugh yeah, like that guy's way like matt was saying yeah have a reason behind saying it. yes there's got to be reasoning that is not filled like also don't uh assume that if you do put reasoning behind it it's going to be accepted yeah it'll probably still bomb it's gonna bomb but it's a if it's funny it's like i'll tell you it's funny but like 
It's also if you're if it's not something so people force stuff just to be like, oh, this word is a no no word. I got to get it in my set. Yeah. But if you're not a person that sounds weird that like uses that word in everyday speech, yeah. Like, I don't know. The we're treading into muddy waters here of words you yeah, can't use. Yeah. But it's like I even do that with not vulgar words where. Like, I was in a roast battle two weeks ago, and I used the word unremarkable, and it's something I've never used. It might not even be a word. Yeah. And it's something I've never used in just speaking, so it threw me off, and then I just tanked the rest of the joke because of that one word. So it's like, don't say a word just because you think it's going to be funny. Make sure it's something that, like, I don't know, I say idiot a lot in everyday speech, so I could put it, I could put idiot into all the things I do. I don't know. No, I think that's so, like, I, the evol not evolution, it sounds so annoying to say anything about an evolution of an open micer, but, like, the thing that I focus on as I've been moving along in stand-up is, like, the first year or so, you're just like, I'll say anything that'll make anybody laugh. Yeah. Because I just need you to laugh. And then once you, like, like I think when you get past the year point, you're like, I'm in this. Like, I'm just, this is what I do now. Yeah. I like doing it, whatever. I, personally, I've been more focusing on like what sounds like honest, like what sounds like something I'd say, what sounds like something I would try to be funny about. Yeah. And like navigating that transition between like I'll say anything to make you laugh, I'll do anything to make you laugh, to now being like, well, now that I'm like getting booked on shows and I'm like moving along in comedy, like how do I say something that I mean? Which is so funny to like learn yeah. how to say something that you yeah. mean on stage. Yeah. you can say it here it's easy we're just talking we're friends like whatever but like when you go on stage it's so weird to be like well I think masks were necessary but I think it's dumb that you do that like it's just like like succinct stuff you gotta learn where to find the funny too cause right. whatever is that's one of the things I love like I've recorded audio recorded most of my open mic sets for the whole time I've been doing stand up I've only listened to like a handful of them but it's the only time I ever listen back is when I tell a joke and it gets a laugh somewhere I wasn't expecting. Yeah. And then that's like my reminder, like, oh, right. What I think is funny isn't going to be what a general, like a crowd of, you know, the ideal crowd where it's not doing jokes to a bunch of micers, which is fine. But doing jokes to comedians, it's, you know, eventually just becomes repeating the same words of the same people. Right. But like, you'll do it to a crowd and you're like, why did it get a laugh there? And then understanding that like, finding the funny across the board because it could be finding the funny in a room in philadelphia is way different than what gets a laugh in rural south jersey or yeah. out in royersford yeah and vice versa so it's like understanding and then finding a way to be funny in both of those settings yeah like don't just be funny at the open mic that's down the street from your house because you guys because re- you referenced a street that it's on and or you reference a local thing or, or someone that's yeah. there have fun with it but it's like you need to find a way to be funny in every setting. Right. Like, I should be able to drop you in, and this isn't even a derogatory thing, an urban room is what it's called within comedy, where yeah. it's, say it's a mostly black crowd, you obviously aren't a black guy. Yeah. you got to find a way to be funny in that setting. And you have to be honest. Like, you have yeah. to be, like, that's what I've learned. Like, that's why I've leaned into crowd work, is, like, it's me being honest. It's me being, like, truthful about what's happening in front of me. So that's why people relate to it the most because you can tell when you talk to somebody. It's like you talk to a sales guy and they're like, it's the greatest product you've ever seen. And you're like, you know they're lying to you. So it's harder to like get comfortable with them. But if you just like meet a guy who's like, eh, this is what it is, it's, you know, this, that, like, 
you'll yeah. kind of be like, I, I get it. Like, he's being, he's being truthful. I kind of can trust right. him. I relate to that. So, like, finding that middle ground where, like, now going into crowd work, I'll look at a guy in the audience, and I'm like, you look fucking dumb. And it's yeah. like, everybody knows that guy looks dumb. Like, so yeah. we all can laugh and agree in it. So it's finding a way to, like, meld that into material. Yeah, that's well, and it's, it's reps, too. Yeah. It's, you do enough crowd work. And then that's I, one of the things that I admire. Like, you really focus a lot on getting better at crowd work. Yeah. But then, well, like, weaving your jokes into that. So yeah. if you do enough of it and you're getting enough repetition like you are, where you're hitting a good amount of open mics, you're doing, you know, a good amount of shows, hosting, featuring, whatever it is, and you just, it becomes like a muscle where you're like, all right, I, I did crowd work. This guy referenced working at this. Yeah. I have a joke that's kind of like right, that. Right, exactly. Tying it back in. So not just doing crowd work for the sake of doing. So that's a little bit inside baseball to anyone that's not a comedian. Yeah. Is anytime you see somebody doing in the moment crowd work and they're very, very good at it, most of that is, it's improv and how they meet, the how they get to the situation. But it's a very canned bit where it's a very, it's they, yeah, they have something. You have to write enough where you have something about a guy who had, who he's there with his daughter. Yeah. And you just have a bit about that. So that's like Big Joe Okerson one of my favorite comedians. Oh, he's one right. of the best crowd work people yeah. ever. And most of his stuff, like in the moment, you're like, man, I can't believe he thought of 20 minutes just about that guy. Yeah. That guy could have been somebody else, and he still would have had twenty minutes of material. That's that what guy. it is. Exactly what it is. Like I even watched like uh, Chris D'Elia. Have you heard of him? Uh, I just watched him not in that zombie movie. Yeah, take the which Taro. we can. We have after you say this. We can. Touch, I want to touch on that for the last ten minutes. It's hilarious. Oh my god, we do forty nine work. We're good we're, we're cheap, good. and we have the free version of whatever we're recording on. Yeah. Here. So we have ten minutes left. But I what were you saying? Hard. Chris D'Elia. Hold it in. Crystalia did a set. He hosted at Gotham, and he did crowd work. It's like as a whole. It's a ten minute set on YouTube. It's got like two million views, and he did crowd work. But like as somebody who doesn't like, we're not psychos. You know, we're psychos about comedians, hmm. or comedy, whatever. Like somebody who's not a psycho about it would watch and go, I can't believe I thought about that on the spot. Yeah, he did this whole long articulate bit about the guy in the crowd. He's handsome. What if he's too handsome? Well, he's got a handsome name. And then he talks about the mom giving birth to a handsome guy. And she's like, what do we call him? And the dad right. comes up with a name. Like, you, when you watch it, you go, I can't believe you thought of that. But, like, as a comedian, you're like... It's a he's, formula. He's yeah, he's, yeah, he's got it. You know? But it's just, it's like you said, like, you just take scenarios you've been in, and then you just kind of, like, meld it into whatever scenario you are yeah, in Yeah, and now. get comfortable enough. That's what I've noticed with you doing crowd work from when I first saw you. It was almost like... I watched you hit a switch one night when we were at High Note, and you were like, I'm a crowd work guy now. Yeah. And then you went out and ate shit doing it. But yeah. you leaned into, like, you did an entire five minutes at an open mic, which doesn't seem long, but to talk to a crowd of whoever, it's yeah. not giving anything back. I watched you do that to now, like, probably a year later, where, like, you can, like, last night we were at an open mic, and you just asked the guy his name, and he was giving you nothing. And you somehow made that funny by continually going back to him and saying, "You got anything for me yet?" Yeah. And like, and that's something you could do anywhere. Right. And it's it, the funny thing is like, there's really nothing behind that. It's that, literally yeah. just, but you're so comfortable and funny that you kept going back to it. This is a segment where I just suck Matt's dick. Yeah, about I appreciate his, it. It's his comedy time. abilities. It's but no, so back to the Tignatar. So the uh, army of the dead is that what it's called Some, the, it's a zombie, zombie movie yeah great concept i did hear about this talked about on a lot of podcasts but 
So it's a it's a heist movie and a zombie movie. That's pretty cool to mesh those two together. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. done by Zack Snyder, who makes movies that are way too long. And is it Zack Snyder? Yeah. So he did it, and it's you, once you see it, like if you've ever seen any of his movies, it has all the same elements. Yeah. But they shot, I think, the whole movie with Chris D'Elia. All the scenes and everything shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then everything happened with him where we won't even dive into that too much. He got accused of things, allegedly, whatever. They had to then cut him out. So then they got Tig Notaro, female comedian, who, Tig Notaro is pretty funny. I mean, some people yeah, like her, yeah, some yeah. don't. I, I enjoy her comedy. Um, but what they did was they essentially shot just her and then green screened it into every <laughs> part that Chris D'Elia was supposed to be in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so funny, like, it even made plot holes where they didn't change the dialogue between her and the other characters. Like, they'd be like, oh, that's our helicopter guy. Yeah. And then it cuts to her. It kind of works. She's got a short haircut. And she was like, yep, I'm the helicopter guy. Yeah. But then there was somewhere it just didn't work. Like, they would be talking, and it would be a group of five people. And then it cuts to her, and it's just her yeah. on the screen. Nobody else. I mean, it's pretty impressive. I, I like pointing it out because if anybody does watch the movie or if you go back and watch it, yeah. now watch it knowing that, and it's so hilarious. Yeah, yeah, Because that's yeah. all you're looking for the whole time. Like, like what do they do in the air? When do they superimpose it? And, and they shit? use her for great comedic relief. Yeah. But it's like so many times where you tell they were just like, all right, right here, we're, we're entering this room. It's very serious. We need someone to make somebody laugh. And it just cuts to her clearly in front of a green screen. Yeah. She's like... These zombies are really killing it, or something like <laughs> yeah, dumb. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, I love it. It's just so dumb. But I thought I just thought it was hilarious to replace a comic that got accused of like sexual misconduct, or whatever you want to call it, yeah. with his polar opposite. I mean, the most comedian. Yeah, Tina Taro is a known female lesbian it had been comic. On yeah, like I feel like they just were like, all right, we can't just get another like we already established we want this to be a funny role yeah now we have like to also Jim keep Gaffigan it, or yeah. Something. yeah yeah which would have been amazing now it would be great but yeah to flip that who would be your polar opposite to cast you in a movie to cast me is that too i should have let in i should have given you that if i was casted in a movie and i got canceled for having sex with younger girls allegedly which nobody knows yet but <laughs> i Oh, God. What's funny is the person who probably play you the best is Chris D'Elia. Probably Chris D'Elia, dude. <laughs> From the pants to the jeans to the sneaks. Well, he's the same dude. I mean, but if somebody else that gets, I mean... Who would you want cast as dude, you in a whenever movie? they come up with UFO shit, whoever the first UFO is, I want that guy to fucking replace me. Or girl. Like, UFO you know, like, as an alien? Yeah, as like a, whatever alien it is, I want him to like replace oh, me. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know there's a difference. Like UFO means... Unidentified flying object. Oh, no, not, I want the saucer. I want the saucer to play alien. me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want a weird spacecraft to play me. No, it would have to be a really, I don't know, maybe like a powerful Indian guy. <laughs> Just total opposite of <laughs> There's it. a guy who works at the Sen Bob's Nail guy. 7-Eleven on Haddon Avenue that I think would be like incredible. Yeah. For me. I don't know, I gotta piss hard. What time we got? Alright, we'll wrap it up then. We did so good, We did dude. so good. Holy That's the end of the podcast. We did so good. I think our name of the podcast is the Garage Pod. Yeah, or we keep brainstorming. Or maybe not. Or it's just, you know. Maybe we'll just put it out and be like, people name this. I don't know. Anyway, this is episode one. If you want to tune in, there might be an episode two. There might not. Who knows? There will be. I'm going to keep vamping until Matt pisses his ripped jeans. I'm gonna, i got to piss like a young lady. But, so uh, tune in wherever we put this. All right, uh,
nothing to promote. Just go to see comedy. 